Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And a few of our favorite ordinary winter things are flannel sheets, candles in the kitchen, and coming in out of the cold. And a few of mine are ice skating on the neighborhood pond, long walks after a snowfall, and warming back up again with a homemade tea latte. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Hey, friends. Well, it's another special day here on the podcast. We have not one, but two guest co-hosts this week. And before I introduce them, for those of you who've asked and are wondering, Christy's voice is still under the weather, and it's because we just found out that she has, in fact, been diagnosed with COVID. The good news is, though, that she's doing really well, and she is, I'm sure, for an introverted four, enjoying as much as you can quarantining alone in her bedroom with some good books. So we are praying for her and her quick return to the podcast, but it does mean that today we have an opportunity to bring on two really important people who honestly are like founding members of the podcast. And by that, I mean my husband, Peter, and Christy's husband, Jonathan, who've been co-pilots here on the podcast for a long time but never actually made a live appearance. So guys, welcome to the Out of the Ordinary podcast. Thank you for uh, bringing us on. I mean, Peter, I think it's about time since you came up with the name. What, like, it's been over, it's been two years? Has this been? I think so. I think so. I I don't know. I think this might show serious lack of judgment on their behalf, but we'll see how (laughs) it goes. (laughs) Yes, no, it's really good to be with you. I guess what's what's interesting about this is I'm sure your listeners know that you and Christy have been recording this stuff by distance. Right. I mean, it's. I really was thinking our memory timeline, you know how Google Photos does that memory? I think it's like a year ago that I was there lost in person. I, and um, I will tell you this, and this is also for your listeners, that, um, you know, you mentioned Chrissy had COVID, has COVID. She's recovering well. The rest of the family, a m- number of us have been diagnosed. But what it does mean is that we, uh, at least until we get the vaccine ourselves, um, we'll be taking the precautions to be careful. But um, we do carry those antibodies that'll give us a little more freedom <laughs> to roam. So hopefully at some point we can, you know, maybe get out on the patio together, be together outside. We won't feel so constrained that way. But uh, that's all to say, um, it's been a long time. It's weird to look at a computer and see Peter, because we spent a lot of time, you coming up here and me going down there, you and the boys and me and the kids together, and Zoe, of course. Right, absolutely. And we have this wonderful tradition of getting together in person every Easter, so maybe fingers crossed um, we can make that happen this year. That would be amazing. It would be. Now, I, I guess what, what I really miss, Peter, is is, uh, is the face-to-face time, like a lot of people do, a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, do, is being able to be, uh, you know, one-on-one in close proximity. But this is, this is pretty good. It's this not is bad. getting there. No, I, I feel like over time, connecting via Zoom, just psychologically, we're doing a better job of humanizing that experience. I think at the beginning, it just felt so artificial, and you just... 
you, it was just tangible, the sense of loss or, you know, but I don't know. At this point, it is, yes, it's wonderful to see your face and to feel your energy on screen. And I think we're getting um, better at, you know, maybe as good as we can at trying to humanize this uh, this screen time. I mean, and Peter and I are having a very intimate Zoom experience since we are sharing a single microphone. So we are squished up real close and personal. And John, if it gets awkward, just like avert your eyes every now and again from the side of the conversation. Yeah, who knows where this conversation will lead. <laughs> Sorry, Christy. I- I've known you guys long enough. I don't think you can make me awkward. I really don't <laughs> think so. I-, I will also say I'm in I'm in Christy's seat. So this is where she sits. Right. I'm I'm blessed to be on in her space while she has been sequestered since last Thursday. So this is eight, nine days. She has not left her bedroom in that amount of time. I feel like part of me is a little jealous of her, John. I am not going to lie. Like part of me wants to be like, Peter, you know, I feel like I should just take a precaution and be in my bedroom for 10 days with (laughs) Netflix while you deliver Panera to me outside the bedroom door. (laughs) Yeah, I I could forward you one of those emails from the, the state and you can doctor it and say, hey, I got a positive test, sweetie. I got a sequester <laughs> for 10 days. I know. We shouldn't make light of it, though. I think the reason no. we're able to joke about it is we just feel really relieved that you guys are doing well. We know that in your family, you know, asthma and breathing issues has been problematic. It's why we've been so extremely cautious this year. And I'm just personally so relieved that everybody seems to be managing the virus okay on that side. So, as our listeners hear this news, don't be concerned, but do pray. We are praying for the Purifoy family that they make it through this healthy and hearty inhale. And uh, man, I can't wait till we're together in person. So, But in the meantime, it's so fun that you both agreed to come on. That's really kind of you. And I think it's a perfect metaphor for what I think our conversation is going to be about today. This idea that you two fellas have been such a support to Christy and I in so many ways, over the last 20-something years. And I know our listeners have often only heard our side of the story when it comes to transitioning from, you know, Christy was going to be a professor, I was going to be a lawyer, to being writers. But you're the ones who've lived that with us, um, not on the sidelines, but in person, intimately. It's affected you in every way, where you live, your bank accounts, like having your private stories told publicly. And uh, we thought in this climate these days where so many people are in transition between jobs, callings, you know, what it's like to do business now entirely from home. There's so much transition that people are navigating that it might be really interesting to have you two just share a little bit about what it's looked like for you guys to walk transition with the two of us. And hopefully offer some encouragement uh, for those that are married, even those that are not, though, what it, you know, what, what it's like. I know that there's funny parts, there's hard parts to it, there's challenging parts, and that's the side of the story not everybody has heard before. So, um, and, you know, be gentle as you share is my request. <laughs> yeah, well, Jonathan, you want to go first? <laughs> you know, we, we have shared... I know a lot of people, of course, a lot of listeners know Lisa Joe and Christy very well, not just um, from the podcast, but um, they do stuff like, I, I forget, is it Facebook or something like that and Instagram? Uh, I'm joking. But, you know, they're, they're there. They're like, that's like the public face of 
our marriage and our families. And uh, Peter, I, I don't know. Have do you even have an Instagram account? I I don't know. No, I don't do Instagram. I am on Facebook, uh, but I do not do Instagram. Well, that's you have an account, but you forgot your password, so you haven't been able to get into it for like three years. So our children, one of our children, is now on, and it's like, Dad's on Instagram. Why doesn't he reply to me? And Peter was like, I am, and I was like, Yes, and then. You said, oh, yeah, I forgot I had that because I forgot my password for years. That's right. So I think that's the same for Twitter, too. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think what's fascinating, what I've learned is that people that I don't know, know a lot about me. And that's okay. I had to come to a place in my kind of personal private life that uh, it was okay to have people via email or just show up at a, at a gathering and start talking about a story and asking me questions. Right, and I'm trying to remember. Wait, I I've never shared this. I have never talked with you before, <laughs> right. but that's okay. Right, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll in in uh, to be honest, Lisa, Joe, and and I'll, I'll definitely speak for Christy on this. They they are careful. They do run. I know Christy runs content by me before she posts or she shares, or or I do give her a lot of license to write what she wants, like whatever's on her heart. Um, but I do know just as a couple. That, you know, we have, an, I'm not going to say perfect communication because no one does, um, but we have good communication that she knows me what I would be comfortable with and what I wouldn't be comfortable with. So when it comes to, you know, writing things, um, I mean, there's, there's a number of stories that are, that are like about fear. And so like to, to read those things or hear them where it's like my emotions that she's she's somehow and her emotions she somehow translated them right taking them out of the the ethereal um vagueness of our hearts and minds and they're now on paper and it's really powerful to read those things and it can be difficult but i know when things certain of those when some of the stories before she'll publish she'll say hey will you mind reading this first and that's very yeah. helpful. And 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 I'm not going to give. You know, I, I'll have to correct some grammar and stuff. <laughs> I am sure. <laughs> never, never. But it's there. There's. I've never. She's never written something where I said, "Whoa, please don't share," because she already has that filter, and we've already lived life enough together. You know, it'll be 25 years this year that we've been married, um, but about almost 30 years that we've known each other. That we have that type of, um, you know, uh, closeness, or she tr- I trust her, and she knows what's permissible. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't tell you how many questions I get, mostly from coworkers, <laughs> saying like, "Wow, your wife is really transparent on her blog." Or in her books. And, uh, you know, you kind of, they won't ask the question behind the, the statement, which is, are you comfortable with that? I'm not sure I would be comfortable with that necessarily. But um, you're absolutely right. I think what, what makes it possible to be vulnerable is, I think, a few things. Number one, Lisa Joe, I think, like Christy, is so good with the communication, right? I'm never surprised by something, mostly. I'd say 99.9% <laughs> of the time. There are a few exceptions, but uh, the communication, but then also character, like I just trust my wife implicitly. So when you know, 
your wife's character and the communication lines are open, then I think it gives you the courage to be a little more transparent or vulnerable. And and I really think that's what's so powerful about Lisa Joe's ministry is I, I um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen her take the posture of sage on the stage, right? Like you, you, right. I, I command an authority because of my knowledge or whatever. It, it is just a, a vulnerability in storytelling as she tries to find meaning in the ordinary. And I just think that's incredibly powerful. And that is a, a sense of vocation that I really want to get behind. And I, I sometimes think, you know, I'm the son of a pastor. And so, when you're the son of a pastor, you grow up being vulnerable to being like the subject of a, a Sunday morning illustration. You never know when your family is going to be talked about from the stage. And, uh, and yet, you see how in sharing the inner workings of family life, it's, it's stewarded with skill and with grace towards kind of um, trying to share a truth, right, gracefully and um, leading us towards Christ. So, I, I think almost from a young age, I, I was conditioned to, um, to kind of be open to that sort of public sharing. And uh, and I'll say there have been a few times where Lisa, Joe, and I have had conversations about a post or two, but I I think that's okay, right? Because we have gotten to that place now where, you know, it's been a long time since we've had one of those conversations. It didn't take long for us to figure out where the boundaries are. And... um and yeah, like I said, I just trust her completely because of her character and, and the fact that she's always keeping me in the loop. I also think it's one of those things, especially in today's climate, that I hope most partners are having those kinds of conversations about things they're posting, right? Like I think in this climate, it's so important that we are using each other to check in about what we're saying and how we're saying it because we want to steward a message that is Christ-like together I will say, though, Pete, one of the things that always makes me laugh is how you've said to me in the past when people have said to you, oh, my gosh, like uh, Lisa Joe shared a lot, huh, in that book, how Peter came to me and finally said, you know, I've, I've read everything. And, and and then he came to me and said, and I thought, wow, I mean, there's a lot more she could have said that she did not. <laughs> so I took that. We take that as a good sign. But I mean, part of what I think the challenges that we've had is the longer you're in this kind of work. The, the deeper you end up mining, right? Because Christy and I felt this way when we started the podcast. You, you tell all the stories that seem like at the surface, and then you realize you have to go back in again, and it takes you deeper and deeper, and it's a call into more and more of sharing. And so trying to understand as a couple who want to maintain the intimacy and, and sacredness of parts of their relationship – where do you take that? How do you say, you know, where's my no? Like, where do I draw that line? But then I also feel like, Pete, what's been really powerful with you, and I've experienced this with my dad and other members of my family, is also the invitation to say parts of my story that might be hard, but God has redeemed them. They become a testimony then the way David, you know, or really any of the disciples. It's like all of their mess-ups are what's recorded. So those are the stories that are the most transformative, being able to share those. But it's not what you signed up for. I mean, John, you married someone you thought was going to be an English professor. Like Peter married someone he thought was going to be a lawyer. So I acknowledge that you two have had a big 
like learning curve along with us because when you were dating us, you didn't it didn't come with the expectation. And one day I will share all of our stories publicly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jonathan, I'd be interested to know like what was that transition like for you? How did that play out? And in essence, how did you support Christy along the way? You know, that's a good question, Peter. Um a couple things were coming to mind as uh, as we were kind of reminiscing before we started a few minutes ago. When I reflect on how where we are today in our marriage today, if I reflect like historically, it's like God didn't just throw something at us today and expect us to adapt. But what I recognize is that God has been growing and nurturing certain deep-seated characteristics yeah. that he wants to bring about at the right time. Right. And and so um so so here here's the story. I know when we were all in Chicago, I remember going to your your uh your uh condo on the like the nor- near north side or kind of the near south side. Right. And um Wicker for Park, small group. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember uh you would be there is before any of us had kids, right? You'd <laughs> right. be there, you'd let us in and you were home alone. Right. Because Lisa Joe was still working as an attorney. Right. And I remember we'd, you, you'd welcome us in and we'd start to hang out and talk. And then Lisa Joe would come home, um, in, in her, all dressed, uh, like in her suit and everything. Cause she came straight from the office. And I remember at that time, you know, Christy was midstream in her PhD program. She's studying. And I remember us just having conversations, you know, that, that, um, number one, we're very blessed to have wives like this, but our wives are much smarter than we are. <laughs> yeah, and and right. it just, just the pressure they have with work and with education. And um, I know for me, I could, uh, to be completely honest, um, would sometimes be intimidated with the crowd that Christy was, was working among. Hmm. I mean, they're all, they're all pr- professors, just really sharp people, University of Chicago. Yeah. And I'm kind of scratching my head like, um, where's the best pizza joint? Like I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> right. uh, and and um, I say that in jest, uh, but they're a very approachable people. Love them out, have great friend relationships. Some of them still endure to this day. But um, I think when I reflect on that time, even though Christy wasn't an author, she was pursuing a professorship. That God was was nurturing in me. Um, some some character traits where I would be her her a raving fan. Yeah, that yeah. I would support her through schooling because you, you. I mean, you know, education is a challenge. You know, if any of your listeners have a spouse that's going through graduate school or looking for a job or they just got a new job, there's a lot of stress there. Yeah, that impacts your marriage or relocation or having a baby or doing them all at the same time, which some of you guys have. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just thinking of that story and how I witnessed how you were were running, you know, were supporting Lisa Joe as she was starting her career, and we just kind of found like mutually how I was supporting Christy, and there was like a bond that we were creating, like, hey, we're two husbands learning as as relatively newlyweds, right? How to support professional women, right? Because we would neither one of us would have been in the city of Chicago. Except for our wives. I mean, exactly. University of Chicago called your wife, this law firm called my wife. And, and so we were kind of along for the ride in that season. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, man, I just echo everything you said that I, I think that was a really formative season in our marriage because it developed a sense of integrity 
to our wives' calling and their stewardship of that calling because it's still a very nerve-wrecking um, nerve-wracking phase because you're, <laughs> am I, do I have what it takes to be a lawyer? Do I have what it takes to be a PhD candidate? You know, it is such an exploration and it takes so much courage. And, and yet that's why you, you just grow in so much, the admiration grows for your wives as you see them continue to, to step into that uncertainty, um, and push ahead. And I will also note, this is kind of a fun fact. Uh, at that time, you didn't even know Lisa Joe as Lisa Joe. You knew her as Rachel. Um, <laughs> My secret alternate identity. Yeah. So it wasn't until years later that you guys made the switch from Rachel to Lisa Joe. And that's I was I wasn't going to say that it came to mind. Yeah. But I wanted to leave that. I didn't want to step in that <laughs> if that if you weren't comfortable. Because I'll be honest, still on my phone. Um, some of the contact information for Lisa Joe still says Rachel Baker. No way. Yeah. But you know, you you upgrade your phone, but you never that those that contact list continues to grow. That's been two decades since <laughs> it's been there. When did you first notice, like Christy? sort of pivot from an identity of being a professor um, in the classroom, working with students directly, to what she is now, um, this love for the outdoors, gardening, homemaking, um, and and then writing, of course, about it all and reflecting so beautifully on it. And sort of what was required of you to kind of support her in that transition? You know, that's that's a great question. And like I mentioned earlier, you see, particularly her newest book, talks about how there was these seeds <laughs> planted, you know, all through our marriage, you know, as far as how she's now to a place where she enjoys gardening and so forth. She's always had a sense of desiring to to make a place for people. Yeah. I think for me, you know, if, if you're, if you're a, a, a spouse or if you are a partner with a creative and they're they're an entrepreneur, mm. and that's a real that's one of the hardest roles that an that a person can have. Yeah, you know, there's there's no safety net, right? Whether it's the quantitative safety net of a hey, I have a four hundred one k, I have health insurance, I have a a boss who's going to tell me what to do, but they are they are a freelancer. They got to figure it all out themselves, and that's really tough. So I think um, with Christy, you know. Making that transition, there is wrestling because you're le- you're leaving you're leaving a career path that for her was a ten year journey at the University of Chicago, right? And then to decide, hey, um, it's it's it, here's the danger. I find the danger can be I wasted that time. Yeah, all you know, all all the all the hard work, the 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 time, the dollars. All that experience was just a waste, and now I'm changing. As if you're a junior in college, and you say, well, you know, what? I'm going to study science, I'm going to study Spanish, and you kind of have to reset. Right, right. So I find that there's a danger to write off all of that. And, and what I find is, or what I have found, is that you're telling your maker, God, that the path he took you on was a mistake. Hmm. But that does, there's still wrestling there. So Christy had to wrestle, and then we had to have the conversations. Okay, we relocated at the time to Florida for you to get a job. 
Right. And she and she taught at the University of North Florida for a season. Um, let's what do we do next? So as the spouse, um, as as her friend and as her 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 fan, it was to say, okay, um, I got you. And if you're gonna wrestle like uh, you know, there's wrestling in the scriptures, if you're gonna wrestle with the Lord in yourself, I'll be there for you. Hmm. And I'll give you guidance and wisdom, but I'm your partner. And when you come out with a decision, you can count on me to support you in that. But it's not easy, you know. And uh, go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, that's that's right. It isn't easy because also as the spouse, you, <laughs> I think you wrestle with the desire to want to um, just sort of intervene at a level where they have questions, you want to come up with the answers. And and yet you don't have the answers, and they're, it's really not for you to answer. It's okay to kind of walk through a season of struggle and uncertainty um, in faith. And and yeah, I, I think that that was one of the hardest things for, for me to learn was how to just be sort of be in it with Lisa Joe without feeling the need to solve it for, for Lisa Joe. Um, I don't know if that resonates with you at all. And I'll just acknowledge on behalf of Christy and I what courage it takes to be that spouse who's willing to do that with us, right? I mean, because you guys had partners who you thought were going to have careers that had stability, right? Financial stability, like location stability. And instead, all of those things we'd invested in, degrees you helped pay for, I'm looking at Peter and his pained expression, um, that we then walked away from. And I'm so much more aware now than I think I even was at the time of what an act of courage that was to be willing to do that with us. Because there's a place in you, I'm sure, that felt like you wanted to say, no, 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 what are you doing? Like, we went down this track, you're supposed to like bring home a paycheck and so we can all feel safe and secure because it is so scary. And I think for those of you who are listening who have either partners that are in transition like that, or you're going through that kind of transition. I love that we're just honest here about how unsettling that experience can be, how difficult it can be. And I imagine there's a degree of resentment that can build up towards your spouse who's kind of dragging you down that lane. And I wonder if you two would speak to that, because I don't think that's an uncommon experience to have. And how do you navigate that? So you're trying to support a spouse. They're pivoting, maybe because they want to, maybe because they don't have a choice because of the season we're all living through right now. It creates in you a degree of fear that comes with resentment. You know, what advice, just based on your own experiences now of having pivoted, I mean, Pete's pivoted twice, big ones with me, and John, you've pivoted with Christy a couple times now. Help our listeners out. I don't know if there's a, I don't know, maybe it's the professor in me that wants to, you know, create a formula. <laughs> you know, let me answer that by, but no, I'll, I'll just tell our story. I think what I what I learned from just walking it. I our our story is one where we tend to go back and forth in our seasons in life. Um, so, like Lisa Joe's job took us to Chicago, and then from there it was my opportunity that took us to Ukraine, and then from there Lisa Joe's opportunity that took us to South Africa, and from there, you know, my opportunity that took us to Michigan and then Washington D.C. So we've kind of gone back and forth, and during that time. 
it seemed like Lisa Joe's career path was getting farther and farther away from the practice of law and any sort of practical usage of this law degree that we invested so much uh, <laughs> in. Right. Time and treasure. And yes, I mean, that's really hard. It was really hard to accept that because we've got now like three kids under the age of five and really not making it financially. And, and we have this law degree that's just not being used. Right. Um, and, and yet trusting Lisa Joe enough to know that, you know, what, you know, not to try to fit a, a, a round, what is it? Round peg in a square hole, square peg into a round hole. Um, you know, just kind of trusting her to, to make her own decisions in this area. And I remember in 2009, she had this job with a nonprofit and she's director of development and just absolutely not enjoying it, all right, to put it mildly, to the point where she just, she felt like it was sucking the life out of her. And at that point in time, something in her sort of was born to to write. And I think at, that's when she sort of discovered the online community blogging was a thing. It probably had been a thing for a few years at that point, but still rather new. And Lisa Joe has always been a writer, um, undergrad major in English lit, and and her mother was a writer. And so this was something that I, I think has always been deep in her core. And so she decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. This is going to be something on the side that's going to bring me to life as I try to struggle with a nine to five that does not seem life giving at all. And I just remember as she, you know, bought the website address um, and the fact that, okay, now we, you didn't have any money to, to design a website or to run that website for you. So not only is she staying up to the wee hours of the morning writing whenever she feels like she needs to put pen to paper, but I, she's like, wait, she's staying up way too late learning how to code, right? How to code in order to get through the whatever she calls it, the back end of the the website to deal with uploading wow. stuff and changing design features. And yep. I mean, if you know Lisa Joe at all, you know that coding <laughs> does not fit her <laughs> natural ability or motivated motivations, right? So this is, I think, just as a husband to see my wife not coming to life at work, you know, incredibly busy at home with young kids. And yet making these sacrifices to move into the writing world and, and the sacrifices of learning coding, which I know she has like no desire to do so, but by getting outside her comfort zone, outside her natural giftings, you just can't help but admire that. When, when your spouse is making those kind of sacrifices and you see how, oh my goodness, indeed, this is having a positive effect. This really is meeting a deep sense of need and identity in Lisa Joe. Then what can I do to invest in that as well? What kind of sacrifices do I need to make so she can um, sort of dig in deeper? And, and that would come later on, right? Because in a few years, she had written a book, and now she's getting speaking opportunities, which is drawing her away for days at a time, weekends at a time. And these conferences tend to get lumped together in the fall and in the spring. So it's like she could be gone four out of six weekends. And, and those are coming at busy times in the life of my work and in the life of our, our little family. 
And yet, um, I'm willing to, to do what I need to do to create those opportunities for her because I just see what she has done um, all year round to, to pour into this. And, um, and I've seen the, the little confirmations along the way that, hey, there's something here. And uh, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's just kind of the, the ride I've been on as, as I see it um, these last few years. That's helpful, Peter. And it's almost like what I enjoy about this conversation is that, you know, I've watched you guys do it, right? You know, we've seen this, um, but just to hear it, you walk through it and share that that perspective and experience is really helpful. Um, when we were moving into to Maplehurst and the guys were bringing all, I don't know, Chris and I lost track after nine, eight or nine corporate moves. We lost count. We stopped counting. Right. <laughs> and this has been our last one. Yeah. Eight years ago or uh, yeah, eight years ago. And the guys are bringing the stuff into the house. And I recall one of the movers said, oh, this is nice. Looks like you bought a fixer-upper. And at first, I, I was somewhat taken aback. I was like, no, we didn't buy a fixer-upper. <laughs> Little did we know. Little did we right. know. Oh, my goodness. That, he was right. You know, um, a house that's 140 years old does need a lot of fixing and upping to do to keep <laughs> right. it together. Right. But, you know, I was struck by there's a there's a story that Jesus says just two quick parables but essentially one of them is that a king sees an army far away and before you go to battle you ought to negotiate and in another situation where someone wants to you know build a tower i want to find out how much it is cost to build it before i start and i can't complete it and i think those parables are a little simplified in the sense if you're by yourself and you're the king or you're the landowner and you're going to build those things or go to battle, sure, figure it out yourself. But that's not our reality. Right. It's it's imagine a man and his wife wanted to build a tower. Yeah. Well, do they really want to build a tower? What does she want to do? Now right. it's complicated, right? Yeah. And that's how our lives are. It's not simply you, Peter, Jonathan, a career or making our own calculation. We have you know, another heart that's joined to ours that we're trying to do the calculus on that. And it's, it's more complicated. And I think, Lisa Joe, you mentioned resentment. And I think that's one of the biggest dangers um, that can infect a couple's relationship is that hidden resentment that can just fester when you have your spouse that's maybe not making any money or spending more money, right? So it's not just a break even, it's a negative balance. And you have a young family and there's these other, these other components and constraints that make it very difficult. And because they're an entrepreneur, they do not have that clear trajectory and promise that someone in a normal, stable job, I say normal, but in a stable job would have. That type of con, and I, I say I'm going to put little air quotes confidence because we can't be confident in everything. And COVID's clearly shown us that regarding right. the, the economy. Right. But I I think for Christy and I, throughout our journey and her journey, we had to prioritize time alone to discuss what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and whether it's. Let's have an honest conversation about finance. And you may have some listeners out there that neither the husband or the wife likes to talk about money. Well, you got you got to figure that out. Someone's got to be the 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 adult when it comes to the finances 
and say, look, we got to talk about this. Or someone has to be, hey, I need, we need to talk about how we're going to educate our kids during COVID while you have these other demands and have those conversations. You may not get an answer, but what, um, what you want to protect against is that in the vacuum of communic, the lack of communication, when there's no communication, each one of you is going to conjure up ideas that will fill that void. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And and those can be very unhealthy thoughts, right? God tells us to think on these things, the good things. And I'll be the first to say, I don't always think on the good things. Right. No, I mean, to put it a different way, I think when I look back, it's so helpful to listen to you. Um, in the seasons when my level of resentment was the highest, my level of communication with Lisa Joe was the lowest. Mm-hmm. And Me too. It, mm-hmm. it was, you know, so I brought it upon myself. And uh, I, it wasn't fair to Lisa Joe because she didn't have a chance to, you know, sort of clue me into either what she was thinking or her own uncertainties, right? And it, it's not even that I, I need answers. So let's, let's talk about answers because I, I have questions and I need answers. But it's, it's just period, you know, th- do I still feel like we're in this together? Am, do I feel heard? Um, do I feel like I still have a say in, in what's going on here? And can I just share with you a little bit about how I think the level of sacrifice that we're making right now is feels too overwhelming? And, um, you know, I, I can't expect Lisa Joe to address those things as my partner in life if I'm not sharing those things. And sometimes it's so easy to get overwhelmed by other responsibilities at work or with family. And you're just kind of like, oh, she's got to figure it out for herself. I just wish she would figure it out. I really resent the fact that she hasn't figured it out. And um, yeah, I've just been convicted that that is not an acceptable way to relate to your wife. And so, yeah, the, the connection between resentment and communication has been something that's really, um, I've been learning quite a bit about over the years. And I'll share one thing. If, if, uh, if I were talking to a supporter, so I, I, we use the term spouse, right? Cause it's the four of us. Christy's not here, but it's the four of us and we're spouses to Christy and Lisa Joe. But if you're maybe, uh, you know, a sister or a brother or a parent to a creative, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or a best friend. Yeah. You know, one thing I would share with them is that be prepared to offer a lot of support because as a creative, you're stepping out into this great unknown. You're going to create, you're going to create things that people may not like or they may not respond at all to. Right. Like complete indifference. Like that's awful. Complete indifference. I didn't get any comments. Right. Versus I'll take a bad (laughs) comment. Just tell me, do you even like what I wrote or what I drew or what I produced or what I created? It's just silence. Like that's deafening. So I would tell those people that be prepared to support them no matter what. You got to speak life into them. You got to read their stuff. You got to be their fan. You need to respond. And you can be somewhat critical. Say, hey, I like what you said here. Maybe you need to reframe that. That's okay, but respond. Um, and be prepared. Be prepared to do a lot of caring. What I mean by that is like physically caring emotionally caring that creative because especially when you're starting out and you're trying to build you know uh, you're a uh, build a network build a community um 
build your 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 following in order to publish or whatever direction you're going in that is so draining and we like to do like we like i hear people use the term and i use the term life giving a lot of aspects of being a creative isn't necessarily life giving but you do it because there's a part of it you really love but you'll handle i'll handle the speaking engagement i don't love speaking but i love the art but I'll do it because it drives people to me. Or I, I don't like to post consistently because I'd rather not do all that, but I have to, to get my message across. So I think, you know, to those those that are walking alongside their creative, so fill in the blank, your spouse, your best friend, your daughter, your son, your mom, whomever, be prepared to support them no matter what, to read their stuff, to respond to their stuff. And it, you're, you're going to get a little worn out. But that's part of being that there for that person. Well, I mean, Peter, let's, am yeah, I thinking no, right? That's exactly right. And the way I put it is this too, because what what the creative in your life needs is for you to help them define success. And I think that is what is so debilitating for creatives is that there are so many visions out there of what success looks like right? Certain threshold of followers or likes or book sales or events booked. And I think before you get too deep into any particular product or message or vehicle that you're going to lean into, you you kind of have to step away and do some homework, some real prayerful reflection on what does success look like? Um, and how can I guard against rival visions or definitions of success? Because those are the things that really beat me down, right? Those, those kind of comparisons, um, cause I, it's just so hard to live up to them. And, and it's because they're often not rooted, um, in, in what God is calling you to, right? And so how, what, when God looks upon you and your work and your efforts, how does he define success? And then how can you pursue that with joy? You know, build, building all that, Peter, I thought, you know, talking with the the household uh, partner, right? So, so whether you're, wh- whatever that financial pool that the creative is going to kind of draw from yeah. to try to get, hopefully, Lord willing, to a sustainable place. Right, right. right. I, I think building on what you said it's it's good for a husband and wife to sit down and say, hey, you, you want to pursue this. We're doing it together. But let's try to frame out, if you want to blog, you want to blog for six months? Do you want to vlog for that long? Uh, do you want to write a manuscript and try to get it published? Like, let's let's try to build some definition that would help them on that journey. Right. But also help you as a couple say, is this for 20 years? Well, what's the commitment here, right? <laughs> right. And 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 you build and then say, hey, not saying it's make it's gonna make or break at that point, but let's have another conversation and say, okay, where are we at? Do you really like what you're doing? Do you want to change? So I think instead of just walking into it with no parameters, it's not helpful for anybody. Right. And particularly the supportive spouse. Like, how long is my wife not gonna work or my husband not gonna work? And do this. Right. And trying to best define it. I mean, we don't have all the answers, but let's at least build some sort of target goal and then revisit it um, periodically. But it helps with the communication, defining the details, so you're not just hoping something happens. It's just not fair. It's so good listening to you guys because 
you are like the guardrails that every creative needs, right? If it's up to us, we're just going to float around in sort of the pool of our own ideas, sometimes drowning in our sense of woe that nothing's working out, but with no real plan to like move us forward. <laughs> and it's really felt like holy ground getting to listen to you. Um, Peter, so good to listen to you. And John, I can't wait for Christy to hear this conversation because we can know that these things are what we've talked about together or that you've thought about alone, but it's very different to actually get to eavesdrop live and hear the two of you share. And so really on behalf of Christy and I, just thank you. Thank you for today's conversation, but thank you for 20 years of friendship and fandom and guardrails and conversation and protection. I hope that those of you listening today will take from this encouragement, whether you are supporting a creative or you are trying to start a new creative endeavor Maybe you've been forced into a pivot that you didn't want to be part of, and maybe some of this will help encourage you as you think about the community you need around you or how you need to communicate with the people who want to support you. We know how lonely it can be, no matter what your job is, your calling, your career, your creativity. Loneliness sometimes is one of the worst parts of it, and so having somebody who's willing to journey with you really is the biggest gift. And I think the fact that the four of us have journeyed so far together over two decades is really quite astonishing. And we so look forward to being at Mablehurst together again in person. And in the meantime, John, we're praying for you and Christy and the kids. And gosh, guys, I'm guessing that this is going to be a very popular episode. And I fear Christy and I will have to vacate again soon to give you both back the mic. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. Mm-hmm.